Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue. On September 24th, Naval Air Forces successfully met the goal of 80% availability of mission-capable Super Hornets and Growlers. Today, we're talking with Rear Admiral Shane Gahagan, Program Executive Officer for Tactical Aircraft Programs, about what enabled our success and how we will keep the momentum going. Sir, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank you. So to start, please describe the challenge for us. What were we trying to accomplish and why is it so important? So uh, we set out about uh, a year ago to achieve 80% uh, mission capable aircraft, primarily for uh, the EF, but also for the Growler community, F-18 EF and Growler community. Because SecDef set that 80% MC requirement due to the peer threat, peer competitor, and what, we, what are we facing out there around the world and how we ensure that we keep the sea lanes open and um, ability to project power if required. So it's critical that we were ready at any time to go out and execute our national security structure. So what would you say were some of the key success factors to achieving our goal? I would say realizing to get everybody bought into the fact that we needed to be ready. We needed to be ready every day to go execute national security missions if required. So I think buy-in all the way down from top leadership which gave the direction all the way down to the deck plate to ensure that we knew why. The why of any effort is critical to get the narrative and get the buy-in from across the board. Let's talk mission focus. How did leadership ensure everyone maintained focus on the goal? And how did you maintain that sense of urgency and personal accountability? So one of the major things we did, we organized and aligned and gave accountability to a single entity. We set up a maintenance operations center and an aircraft on ground cell, combined their cell, and that's where we had a single decision entity where all the enabling functions and organizations were, were there and they would make decisions on a daily basis of how to go attack aircraft. We also created uh, reform efforts in the uh, supply area, engineering, the FRC, and also the program office. We met on a weekly basis to go after and, and, and break down crush barriers and move forward. Also the mock ARG had daily phone calls pretty much all day to go after aircraft. But also we brought in industry, and industry was part of the day-to-day -day discussion of how we could attack the barriers and, and the reforms. So how important were collaboration and communication throughout the process? How did you bring the right people together, and what were the benefits? So the benefits of getting everybody together in a single focus metric of, of 80% mission-capable aircraft or 341 mission-capable EFs and 93 growlers was we knew the top-level metric, and we got rid of the individual stovepipe organizational metrics that in the past had sometimes hindered uh, ourselves of moving forward. How did you incentivize leaders to delegate and empower those closest to the work, and how did people respond? So we set up an organization and we set up an environment where everybody could bring the brutal facts. And brutal facts are required for any challenge to deep dive, find root cause, and find out why we're not getting aircraft in a mission-capable status. So that allowed open communication, and open communication without retribution, I think, was the key to get people moving forward. So it sounds like it required some creative new approaches. What are some of the biggest, most impactful changes we've made to date? We didn't organizationally changed too much, but we aligned. So uh, the mock AOG concept, each of the pillars, each of the enabling organizations such as supply, engineering, the FRC, and the program office 
aligned and reformed the processes to do to ensure that sense of urgency. And every day we, did, we counted how many mission capable aircraft we have. And if it didn't increase, then we want to know why. Root cause, swarm the efforts, and then move forward. So certainly a lot of successes, but what about the challenges? What did you encounter and how did you overcome them? So one of the major challenges of any uh, large effort across uh, many organizations is alignment. So that took a while to get everybody aligned, a single entity who was accountable and in charge of ensuring we, we moved forward. The narrative, the messaging all the way down to the deck plate was critical and I give credit to the air boss and leadership with messaging, personal visits, the infusion of why it is required and, and that would have been very effective and influential for everybody to buy in. Everybody contributes to the whole and everybody can help each other else to help get the goal. So alignment to the, to the metric, the goal of 341 and 93 growlers was the forcing function to get people out of their stovepipe mentality. And it was very effective. It took leadership to get that narrative, but it was very effective after a month, month and a half, and they were off and running. What did we learn? And how are we spreading that knowledge and best practices across the enterprise? Over the last couple of weeks, we've collected lessons learned from each of the reform efforts and the creation of the new organization, Mock AOG. So we have a list of uh, three or four or five pages of lessons learned, the things we're going to incorporate as we move forward. Sustaining this 341, 80% is going to be equally as challenging as getting there. Some of the efforts we brute forced it to get to 341. Now we have to institutionalize it across the NAE. So kind of continuing that thought, we've met our goal, but what's next? How will we maintain our progress and expand it to other type model series? So I'd tell you equally as challenging to get to the goal is sustaining a goal. There's numerous examples of achieving a goal and then regression back to the mean. We cannot afford to do that. We will not do that. So we're going to transition these efforts into other type model series which are critical for the fight, the high-end fight that we need. Some of those are already being brought into the process of NSS, E2D, E2C, and other platforms are being brought in today and that we're effectively executing NSS on numerous platforms. So looking back on the past year, what are you the most proud of? I'm proud of an organization that can get the narrative and get the buy-in for an effort that's critical to naval aviation. Everybody was bought in, the messaging was there, everybody bought into the effort, everybody gave their full effort, including industry. Airboss was very effective getting out to industry and for them to understand why we were doing this and why it's important for them. So across the whole acquisition cycle, whether it's S&T all the way out to the deck plate where we're flying on a carrier, everybody was bought in and knew why. That's rare. And any time in someone's career where you have a, a far-reaching goal or a, a stretch goal and you can meet that, very rarely in a career do you have that kind of ability in, in, on a, such a large scale. So a lot of people ought to be proud of their efforts and a lot of great work across the NAE. Certainly is a reason to be proud, sir. Thank you for joining us today. And that's it for this edition of Airways. Thanks for listening.